dimensions of strength dimensions of strength there are many dimensions first of all life means strength if there is no strength even our simple fact of living cannot happen when we are alive which means some strength is there when a person is dying we say his strength is going away he has completely no a vitality left in him now it means he is dying and when there is no strength left in him we said he is dead strength therefore you say it this way is equal life of course there are varying levels of strength throughout life sometimes we feel strong sometimes we feel weak there are moments of weakness and there are also moments of great strength in our tradition we have always said that strength is the only way through which we can know the divine within in the kathopanishad we find this nayamatma balahinena labhyah labhyah means is attained this atman this divine within cannot be attained by balahina or by weak if you want to attain atman if you want to discover the deepest core of your being you should be strong weakness does not make us uh, realize our inner inner core so if a person is uh, a spiritually advanced person if you have to say this way then he should be a man of great strength because upanishad says this nayamatma balahinena labhya this atman cannot be attained by the weak so one should be strong this is the special message of swami vivekananda we find in, i think you must have observed in the ip that was put up for this talk where it is written are you strong this is the one question that i put to everyone this is a quote from swami ji this is the one question i ask everyone are you strong does it make you strong for i know it is truth alone which makes one strong untruth does not make one strong the truth alone which makes one strong strength the the deepest core of uh, or the source of strength is the atman within now the word atman is not it does not mean an object atman is not an object somebody may say oh show me where is atman as if there is some object which is hidden or it is lost you say please show me where the atman is atman is not an object it is not the name of a person it is not the name of an object it is not even the name of a colony you know there was one uh, philosopher a german philosopher he had named his dog as atman that is his uh, you know lighter way he has perhaps done it but atman is not an object atman only means that eternal existence which is the very ground of the personality it is the foundation of all existence including the personality so that atman within is the source of all strength the farther we are from that more weak we feel how do we become farther we become farther through making our mind restless 
by making it impure by making it very consumeristic very materialistic the famous quote comes in the bible which says of what use is a man who has gained the whole universe but has no peace within and he has lost the soul as it how do you find that what is the use of that that you have everything but you have no peace you are far away from your own source seen from the idea of dimensions of strength there are so many ways the word strength is used in our daily life first of all we have the physical strength it's called the sharirika balam or it is very essential that one should be physically strong during his uh, lecture given in uh, madras in 1897 swamiji says we speak many things like parrot but we are not able to practice them one of the reasons is that we don't have physical strength therefore he said at that famous meeting he said uh, my advice to you young friends is that you will be nearer heaven by playing football than by study of gita with your biceps your muscles strong with your strength entering into you you will understand the message of strength given by shri krishna better now it doesn't mean that you should not study gita should not mis- misconstrue that the swami ji says no don't study gita but play football well that's extending it in a wrong way it only means that you should be strong now if he was to say uh, was to give advice he might perhaps gave, say that you better go and uh, do some exercise in gym it amounts to same because many places there's no place to play football in the big cities now there's no place to play even cricket which requires not much space what about playing football which requires larger space anyway the, we should take the gist out of it the gist is that one should be physically strong and he would say that we should have nerves of steel and muscles of iron swami ji himself used to do physical exercise daily if you go to belur math you go to the room where swami ji stayed <coughs> nearly 2 years swami ji stayed in belur math after founding it and uh, the room is on the banks of ganga and there is a small garden in front of course belur math is a big area of nearly 100 acres so if you go that side uh, towards the ganga there's a old building untouched where swami ji stayed is there but it's not just a museum or just some dumping ground it is regarded as if swami ji still staying there so every day it is cleaned every day the bed uh, is properly arranged flowers are arranged windows are opened cleaned agarbatti is lit in the morning they open it and night they afternoon they close it as if swami ji is now going to take rest and again in the evening they put the mosquito curtain put a small light and close it down so any visitor can visit there you go there you'll see in some boxes dumbbells are kept yes somebody used to use dumbbells he would do exercise and he would very much insist that everyone should do exercise and uh, till the end he used to do exercise daily and that's no wonder that if you look at swamiji's studies biography what an amount of traveling he did not the traveling of today's today's traveling is air traveling with the you know packed the water bottles and all that that was not so it was enormous traveling we required so much strength to do that in 7 years in india 
moving around like a you know a begging monk going from place to place and sometimes taking vow not to ask for food also and sometimes food will come sometimes three days he was hungry you no know, nothing to eat with all that and then going to america and suddenly being treated with a feast being treated like a prince there everything he took in his uh, stride and need lot of strength so he had lot of physical strength first of all so physical strength now physical strength also requires that you pay attention to your food what you eat the nutrition is not just uh, taste so if you run only after taste then uh, it's very often that we will lose the basic nutrients hyderabad has got a national institute of nutrition they have brought out a book on how much nutrition an average indian needs what are the things you require in that you should have protein this much carbohydrate this and uh, uh, other uh, parts of you know a healthy diet if you just study that you will find it very illuminating how many people take healthy diet healthy diet not just eating healthy diet so that's very essential so exercise is essential food is essential and food habits are also important what time you eat or uh, how much you eat do you overeat and third is sleep sleep is also very essential part of health of a strong body and mind the person does not pay attention to his sleeping hours oversleep is bad as much as deprivation oneself depriving oneself of sleep is also very bad if a person says i will not uh, sleep i will just sleep for 2 hours or 3 hours body is not uh, wired up like that it will collapse so one should pay attention to all the factors that lead to the strength of body physical strength and above all there should be self control self control is very important part of the physical strength this is the sharirika balam then you have the intellectual or buddhi balam now buddhi balam first of all we begin with saying that today you know we speak in terms only of iq of course there are new terms which have been derived later let's like eq and sq and some other qs qs means quotients you see measurable so whether iq really is the right way of measuring person's intelligence is also now questioned they say there are seven types of intelligence which people have human beings have not just iq <coughs> the iq is only you know reasoning or capacity to let's say solve mathematics or solve uh, Uh, difficult uh, equations in physics or chemistry but more than that there are other aspects which are spoken of like your iq in organizing an event your q let's say i or your intelligence for organizing an event your intelligence for aesthetics to appreciate aesthetics beauty so beauty is not just human beauty in the way you are around uh, your as you know architecture or uh, things around you or you have the intelligence of appreciating music some people don't have that <coughs> you make them listen to somebody who was making you know he was listening to uh, hindustani classical music his friend came he said why is somebody weeping on that it's not weeping it's a beautiful music going on but he doesn't understand that so that that also requires intelligence another way 
intelligence is required is how do you solve your interpersonal relationships problems there also intelligence is required is intelligence only to be shift, uh, you know confined to examination why do we find in bangalore or in big cities or in tamil nadu or in pune or bang bombay such educated people suddenly dying they call it suicide why they could not solve some problem they were so intelligent but they did not know how to solve the life's problem it means intelligence has to be applied in different areas of life you may be very intelligent but you do not know how to get along with others are there also one intelligence is required intelligence basically means recognizing something as it is understanding it suppose you are trying to solve interpersonal relationships you say no, i am right others are wrong it means you are not understood you are not recognize the basic fact so intelligence has these very aspects there is one intelligence which comes in the form of acha what degrees you have a person may have a heap of degrees but in his day to day life he may lack one very <coughs> important uh, intelligence or that aspect of strength called the character strength he may lack character strength but he has strength elsewhere so you look at the papers uh, reporting uh, so many scams or cases of uh, unbelievable cases of uh, dishonesty but where does it come from is it that they lack iq or does it mean that they don't have degrees they have plenty of it they are very intelligent but they lack the character intelligence or character strength so first you have the sharira balam then you have the buddhi balam then you have the charitra balam or atma balam this inner strength or atma balam is very often not even discussed we just uh, people get stopped only at the physical level though it is very important that you should be physically strong or at the most they say uh, he is very intelligent he has got tremendous brain very good we we have to accept it and honor him for that but go further one step further with his intelligence is he doing good to others has he become unselfish has he learned to come out of his ego his self centeredness if he has not come out he may actually end up becoming a threat to society we will look at those who are threats to the society they are the people with lot of intelligence gone wrong tremendous intelligence going in the wrong direction so we must need the atma balam the atma balam is uh, such that they say when this comes only from the source of that is atman again atma balam comes from the atman directly in the keno upanishad we find that if a person knows the atman if he knows the eternal core of his being atmana vindate viryam says the keno upanishad the moment you know the atman you become strong atmana vindate viryam there are different words used in sanskrit to denote the word strength shakti balam viryam all these are different ways in which the same thing is being conveyed and in english we have number of other words like uh, 
fearlessness or determination courage these words also in a way they also denote strength because only a strong person will be fearless a strong person will have courage will have determination when a person is very determined we say yes he is very strong of course the word strength there it means that he is uh, very much uh, resolute he is not shaking the word strength means that he is not shaking he is very is uh, very dependable very continuously is following that but atma balam really comes in in terms of self restraint to do something is perhaps strength yes we have to do certain things but uh, not allowing oneself to do certain thing is also strength so for example a person wants to watch something on internet it may be a strength he says it is my freedom it is my right to watch that but you also have freedom not to watch it freedom of exercising your will that is not good for me it is not uh, essentially going to do any benefit to me it may give me some temporary happiness a temporary sense of uh, uh, yes i i watched it i liked it but in a long run it is going to do harm to you so you have freedom to say no to that it is a freedom in indulgence is one kind of strength freedom of restraint is another kind of strength in fact that's a higher strength freedom to forbear something is also a strength we always say that strength means that he should uh, protest yes it is required sometimes you know we, when we chant our prayer here we we chant this we say balamasi balam mai dehi you are the balam you are the strength oh lord you are the strength from all strength comes from you balamasi balam mai dehi give me balam or viryamasi viryam mai dehi we also say manyurasi manyum mai dehi the word manyum could mean both one is righteous anger that i find something is going wrong i become angry so i say lord give me that anger so that i can set things right that's also one meaning of the manyu another is perseverance give me strength to forbear something See, there are certain things we have to forbear you cannot all the time become angry with sun why is sun so very hot in chennai you can't uh, question sun even if you question how does it matter to sun sun will go it is going to have its uh, rays as per the chennai weather so once one of our very senior swami ji he was in one center in north india so from another term one brahmachari maharaj came so he had come from a rather cooler place so this was very hot the month of june very hot and he said he is finding it very hot difficult so he went to that swamiji and said oh swamiji it is so very hot he said yes then he two three times repeated then he said do you expect it to be cold during hot season it has to be hot only he expected forbear it if you cannot forbear go away from here if you cannot go away then forbear it there are people who are forbearing it similarly for some people cold they can't forbear some people heat cannot forbear some people they can forbear cold 
there was one uh, person who used to live in Kedar Bagri. So very hot. He would be just scantily dressed in that, so very, so very cold, scantily dressed. And he would be moving around without any problem. And the same person, when he comes down, he lives in Vrindavan, he cannot withstand that heat. He says it is horrible. Somebody who has all, all along lived in Vrindavan, which is very hot during the, the season, if he goes to the Kedar Patri, he says, oh, terribly cold it is. So these things vary from person to person. Our discussion is about the strain. Swami says, suppose there is a uh, horse carriage coming at speed, uh, four horses, and there is a driver, he is having the rein in his hand and he is driving the horses, and they are rushing down. But he is a very good driver, <coughs> and he is able to control them. He says that this, those horses should not go down and uh, you know hit against some big stone and die and kill him also. He knows how to restrain them. Then he says, Swami says, which is greater manifestation of strength? That those four horses are running unbridled without any control, or this driver who is able to restrain them, which is a greater form of this, of strength. Likewise, our senses they run down, so to say. Our senses want their objects, and we run after that. But a person who has got a greater sense of self-control, he restrains his senses through proper thinking, through proper self-discipline, through proper changing his uh, whole outlook, then he is having a greater strength. Freedom to do something is one sense. Freedom not to do something is another form of strength. For example, there is a group of smokers, some young friends, they are having smoking as their habit. And uh, one young fellow comes, joins the college. <coughs> they invite him for uh, joining them to join to smoke. He says no. Then they say, no, come on, be strong. As if it is a, it's a form of strength. It's not strength. He also can say, I have strength to say no to your offer. It's also one strength. Somebody offers you some wrong offer, something wrong to do or think a watch, you say no to it, that's also strength. Or somebody asks, he, he stresses, you know, takes you to such limits of forbearance. You have to forbear, forbear, forbear. A time comes, you have almost broken down. But still you hold on. Swamiji says, in India we have this form of strength very much visible. That people who can withstand that, they can withstand so many things. We are not saying that you should not try to change things. Do that. It's not that you go on silently suffering and say, oh, we have to uh, express our strength, so let us not change things. That's not the meaning here. Meaning is there is also a strength to forbear things. There are certain, certain aspects of life. Say a person <coughs> is a good artist, or let's say he is a sculptor. He is making sculpting. Sculpting is a, a prone image. Forbearance is part of that sculpting work. Nowadays, very often people just make one, you know, computer thing and uh, they say, let us make uh, uh, prints out of it. <coughs> That's also one kind of uh, creativity. But here is, you need lot of creativity, lot of patience. The time comes when <coughs> he has been using his small chisel and hammer 
and trying to sculpt out something and suddenly it breaks then he has to take up another stone how much of patience is not patience also a form of strength patience is also a form of strength in fact uh, uh, look at the work of a mother when she has to bring up the child what an amount of strength is there in that in that whole process how much of uh, a test the little baby put its mother to so many uh, sleepless nights and so many ways the child has demands on the on the mother's time or attention that's also form of strength when a father is chastising the child not to do something and do this and don't do that that's also form of strength obedience is a form of strength that a child is able to obey the child father he says yes i will follow what you tell me i will not all the time just uh, speak against you i will not reply you back that's also form of strength sometimes when things go wrong as we find in mahabharata when things went wrong there were some people who went against it that's also form of strength so strength has got so many forms that which leads you towards god towards atman towards righteousness that is strength so strength we have to take up in life uh, as one of the ideals anything that makes you weak in any way somebody says don't touch it even by the tip of your toe tip of your toe don't even touch it does it make you weak physically does it make you weak intellectually morally spiritually don't touch it and he says another thing he says doing good to others <coughs> arouses the strength of a lion in man's heart the famous statement of swami ji doing good to others arouses the strength of a lion in a man's heart that's also a great form of uh, strength that i do good to others he becomes very fearless he becomes very strong because he has been doing good to others when a person does uh, not good to others that ultimately is tinged with fear there is fear in that and one of the most beautiful stories which swami ji speaks of i think he has told it more than once is the story of alexander when he came to india he had heard of that there are many holy men living in india and he said he wanted to meet one so one of his uh, close confidants searches for a holy person and finds that there is a person living in the jungle on a big rock beside a river he hardly has anything on his body very scantily dressed and he is sitting there but very peaceful and very joyful so alexander goes to meet him he puts his horse up, ties it nearby and goes and just stands before him and converses with him for a while and he feels very impressed what a state of being it is you see this man having nothing but so happy and so joyful so peaceful so he feels attracted and says holy sir i am very pleased to meet you i am now returning to greece i want you to come with me he said why should i come with you i am very happy here no if you come there it will be very good he said i am very happy here see this uh, water flowing river is there it's provided to me there is fruits in the jungle i take them whenever i feel hungry 
if it is sharp sun or if it rains i go to that cave and sit there for some time and i come out i am very happy here he says no you come you live in my palace i will provide you all the things he said i am very satisfied with that then alexander's ego of uh, being the king is no shaken he says you have to come with me i am the king if you don't come with me i'll kill you and when he says that i'll kill you the man bursts into a laughter he says i have never heard a greater lie than that that you can kill me which sword can kill me or which fire can burn me or which element of nature can destroy me nothing you can kill my body but not me then alexander gets a taste of that state which we call in our scriptures as the state of brahma jnana knowledge of the self knowledge of the brahman within or the atman within as we quoted earlier in the kenopanishad it is said that atmana vindate viryam when a person knows the atman within he becomes strong vindate viryam he learns what his strength is in the uh, i think chandogrishad we find when uh, raja janaka there are several janakas mentioned in our scriptures but here one janaka who is mentioned is he is uh, uh, he supposed to have attained the brahmagyana then the rishi says abhayam prapto si vai janakah ho janaka you have attained fearlessness you have attained god abhayam means no bhaya now abhayam prapto vai si you have now attained that fearlessness the fear of death is there that's also form of weakness fear of death when a person has got absolutely no fear of any type he is actually established in the atman he is very close to the atman he is very close to his real self which never dies all weaknesses come from thinking ourselves only as a mere body nothing more than that and swami ji goes one step ahead and he says the root of all evils in this world is weakness we tell lies because we are weak we cheat others because we are weak we murder that because we are weak but the one one basis or one source of all the crimes in the world is weakness somewhere some weakness is there a strong man does not do any immoral thing a strong man is strong and he does not need all those uh, uh, petty things to make himself happy or make himself uh, uh in a way all right he feels very happy otherwise because he is very close to his self one uh, important uh, uh, aspect of uh, strength is moral strength if you have always try to follow the right path <coughs> you will find that you have a great sense of freedom there was this uh, uh, gentleman who was army general one of the generals in north east and he was very close to one of our monks there they were very good friends and one day that army general met with an accident he was badly injured and he was in the hospital so swami ji along with some other swami ji went to see him and head to foot he was covered with bandages so much badly he was injured 
and you are talking Swamiji felt and sympathetic and said see like that now you are in this state they feel sad for you and feel bad he said what is there Swamiji what wrong will happen nothing I have no fear because I have never done anything wrong in my life he said strength comes from that moral strength I have not done anything wrong in my life this had to happen has happened but I am strong enough look how when a person is morally strong even in that situation he is feeling a kind of uh, freedom, a kind of inner strength. Otherwise, person will become, you know, very uh, full of self-pity. Oh, what to do now? This has happened to me. My past karma is so bad and this and that. Nothing. He accepts it. It happened, sir. No problem. It happened. But I have not done anything wrong. So I don't have any fear. I don't have inside any fear or worry about it. It had to happen. It has happened. That is strength. Strength to face life. If you have not done anything immoral, then you will feel the great strength within. Otherwise, you are afraid somebody may discover it someday. Somebody may find it out. Suppose somebody has done something wrong. It happens in life. Knowingly or unknowingly it has happened. So there is no hope for him. Our scriptures say no. Hope is there for everyone. You look at uh, uh, Ramayana. Who, who composed Ramayana? It is composed by Valmiki. And Valmiki had not done, he was not, he had not led a very saintly life before he composed the Ramayana. He was a Dakait. And uh, having done all those Dakaiti, one day he comes in touch with Narada and Narada tells him to uh, find out why is he trying this kind of uh, wrong life or unethical life. And you know, he goes home and he asks his people, will you be with me when I am doing all these wrong things, when I have to uh, reap the results of these immoral things. He said, no, nothing. Why should we? It is your duty to feed you, feed us. It is your uh, dharma that you should feed all of us. You are, we are your family members. Then he says, oh, only I, have, I am responsible for my uh, whatever wrong happens in my life. He comes back and Narada tells him to do tapas. And he sits in great, deep meditation. For years he cannot pronounce the word even Rama, simple word Rama he cannot pronounce, he says Mara. If you go on pronouncing the word Mara Mara, it becomes Rama. Mara 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 Mara. So that changes him. And he becomes one of the greatest rishis, the first poet, Adi Kavi is called. Adi Kavi who composed the Valmiki, Ramayana. See, even there is hope for everybody. Even a person has done most horrible things, but he should be aware. <coughs> that he can come out of it. He should have faith because essentially deep within us there is a source of infinite strength and infinite joy. There is the nature of the Atman within. The more we hear of that and the more we forget our weaknesses, the more we forget our uh, lower level of uh, life, lower passions and things for us. In fact, morning as you get up, remind yourself of your true nature. Remind yourself that you are not this body. Remind yourself that you are not just this little uh, bundle of uh, body and mind also. Remember that you are the divine. Remember that you are a child of God. Let us begin our day with that. You find that you develop slowly an idea of the inner strength. In our day to day life, one thing which is of a great help in this developing strength is that we try to practice 
unselfishness and also try to follow certain things on a regular basis for example uh, you follow regular basis that you should uh, meditate daily or you should read from a elevating literature daily is very important that you should read daily you will find strength coming to you i remember one of our uh, friends in bangalore he once called up and he he was into a lifestyle where there is a great demand on his time from morning 8 till evening 8 he is in such a way of working and uh, naturally he is tired and he feels i am feeling very empty within although money is there although i am busy i am respected in my circle this that but i feel very empty within then the suggestion was given why don't you in the morning do you do any uh, do you spend your some time with yourself he said i have no time for myself you should spend some time with yourself what time you get up he said 6:30 can you not get up at 6 ha i can take that half an hour now cultivate your inner life maybe in that half an hour you do some a little yoga asanas you do and then take up uh, some deep uh, a book for deep contemplation take take up the teachings of swami vivekananda take up his teachings on strength on self control there is a beautiful book called living at the source it's a compilation of swami ji's teachings done by americans uh, american devotees and others in in the west it was published uh, on the occasion of uh, swami ji's going to the west that is uh, uh, 1993 i think it was published so they had a Uh, network of people and took, it took some 3 years for them to select that which will be of very great relevance to americans then and very you know one of our moms used to make fun and what is relevant for them is now relevant for us whatever is written for the westerners is now actually ultimately meant for indians so you read through that book it's published from our mat living at the source there somebody speaks of how you should think of the self think of god think of controlling the mind think of how we can make the mind pa- uh, calm what is ultimate reality what is god a very small small quotations are given take one of those quotations and read in a contemplative way not in a hurried way you know hurried way they will simply take the book fast reading finished it tick mark over living at the source is over but you never got any any life out of it why because you have finished it you should go very slow about it and read contemplate because some of these thoughts are not coming out of a uh, simple some intellectual thinking it is born of a great meditative mind some of these mind was a very meditative mind one of our monks some ashokananda used to tell that you can't understand vivekananda by just just a little titillation of your brain cells you know what is titillation a little activity of your brain cells you need something more than that of course we need our brain cells but we need also deep thinking a meditative thinking so think over what swami is saying that we just read a one paragraph a day or one quotation but but be very regular about it <coughs> you will find some strength coming in accept yourself accept life 
accept the word as it is without making changes you will find slowly you are coming in terms with life because to first begin with we we want to change everything and then we think we will change ourselves first accept yourself begin to change yourself in order to change yourself you have to accept yourself Ex- i have accepted myself what i am my my weaknesses my plus points everything and then slowly try to overcome them that is a way of uh, developing strength so strength has got different dimensions physical strength mental strength intellectual strength and character strength there is also strength which is spoken in term of the tapobalam the strength that comes by practice of austerity what is austerity telling truth is austerity living a life of self restraint is austerity not being others is austerity doing good to others is austerity as austerity is not just only <coughs> Uh, you know standing on one leg and facing the sun that's one form of austerity so many mentions this the indian mind always wants to do austerity in that you know people go to pilgrimage for example early morning they rise up at 3 o'clock and take bath in cold water in cold places taking cold water in uh, chennai is not a great merit but you go to kedar uh, badri and take cold water it is just like a warfare to remove one shirt itself is like facing a battlefield so much cold it is and that you do it then you find you develop inner strength it is said that um, to do anything in this world we need to have austerity this is said that uh, brahma created this world before that he did tapas and in the taittiriya upanishad we find satapo tapyata he as if you know heated up himself you do certain things regularly that will create tapas not to harm anybody not to speak uh, harsh word that is also form of tapas self restraint living a life of continence of purity that's also form of tapas so we have various forms of tapas ultimately leading to what strength does it make you strong and that strength moral strength spiritual strength is what is very much needed in life everyone should try to find out if you are growing spiritually if you are growing morally what is the uh, what is the sign of that characteristic of that what are the signs that you are growing are you becoming strong there is a sense that's the sign are you becoming strong are you becoming strong mentally or because of practice of uh, xyz thing you are becoming mentally weak no there is something wrong with your practice be strong mentally strong physically strong in every way we must feel strength so let us understand these various aspects of uh, strength and uh, swami ji has been rightly called as the prophet of strength no one else preached strength so much as swami ji has taught he says religion if it doesn't make you strong is is of no use it should make you strong should you make you strong in every way and this is the one question he says which i put to everyone does it make you strong so let us think of that strength think of your inner being as the source of all strength and uh, leading a life of self uh, restraint and also a sense of feeling for others both are required 
sometimes you know what happens we are very much we become very self centered in the process of uh, doing our own lives oh my routine is very important i have get up in the morning i must do this somebody is dying let him die that should not happen follow your routine follow you some certain set principles but if there is a role where you can play you can go out of your way and help somebody go an extra mile as they say please try to do it because that's also a form of strength it is the lack of strength which makes us uh, very uh, very hard in feeling for others a strong person is able to bend himself he is able to withstand things he can face life he can be he can do uh, unselfish work so these are the various uh, aspects of strength if you have any question please come forward next sunday will be our last class for this session and uh, those uh, the passing out students we invite them to share their thoughts for 2 minutes or 3 minutes so that will be uh, that has been our tradition practice for last so many years those who have been coming here regularly and or even if you are not coming regularly if you come off and on you want to share something so please uh, come prepared being too emotional or too sensitive is it the sign of weakness or is it uh, and if it is so what to do to overcome being emotional is not wrong emotions are a special gift which human beings have if you if you cannot become emotional what kind of human being you are you should know how to be emotional you must feel the problem is our emotions get often stuck in a self pity that should be avoided feel for others all the time if you are emotional about yourself you know you become oh i i was not honored there or i did not get this i this the central point of all this feeling is i so that we should overcome it so being you know too emotional could you could you uh, it could put you in a kind of a hell a mental hell you feel hurt for every small little thing so you try to make big meaning out of a small event of course there are meanings in the small me- events also you are not saying that as much as you come out of your little ego so much your emotional life will be stable so emotions are very important too emotional for every small little thing you start weeping or your mo- mood is out off you know you are upset for days together somebody passed some passing remark on the way 
some good remark or a bad remark. Somebody says, oh, you are a brilliant, you are a genius, you feel very happy for 10 days. Or somebody says, ah, he is just a copycat, he is putting from internet, he is copycatting, doing everything, nothing, and you are out of mood for one month. Why? Why take these remarks very seriously? They have their understanding, let them, you should be sincere within. If his, if his remark is correct, please think over it. Be, let us be honest about it, let us be humble about it, let us say yes, it is possible that uh, what he is telling is true. At that time let not our ego come into picture, no, no I will not accept, I am more intelligent than it. No, accept it, analyze it and without any prejudice, without any bias, please uh, try to analyze it. If you don't analyze it, then you may just be following your ego. Just see what it is, what is the uh, sentence which is told to you. Oh, is it so? Maybe he, that person is having a prejudice. If it is so, then leave it aside. No problem. It's not that all your life you will be praised. It's not that all your life you will be criticized. Always there will be people who will be doing both of work, both the things. Sometimes both the things will be done by the same person. So, let us not take them very seriously. In the Gita we find that uh, Krishna says we must try to develop a stable personality. It's not ex ex uh, affected by too much praise or too much of blame. Praise and blame or criticism both are you know, uh, responses or reactions as perceived by the person who is praising or criticizing. For example, you come back <coughs> after winning a uh, tournament, let's say you are a player, you have sports uh, day or something, you come back and you have got, got a trophy and you return, you, you have been praised there at the place where you are given trophy, you come back home and you think all through the road and till the, say, everybody should be praising you, you come home and the maid servant says, oh you brought it, now where to keep this trophy, there is no place here, all your thing has come down. So let us uh, see, see things in their perspective. So emotions also are very important. If there are no emotions, then a person is very hard-hearted. And Swamiji's famous lecture in Practical Vedanta, he says, all the work in this world happens through emotions, not through intellect. Intellect is only, it cleans up the street. It is like a secondary worker. What is the primary worker? Emotions. It is the emotion which make a person work. Take up anywhere, any place, when you think good has happened. It is not just by intellect. Intellect is only a tool. But what happens is through emotions. Do you feel Swamiji's famous statement about a person who wants, about a person who is a patriot. He says, you want to be my, he says, oh patriots, those who want to become patriots. Oh my would-be patriots, do you feel, do you feel that millions of people who are the uh, descendants of rishis, they have become next door brutes. Do you feel for others? Do you feel that they have been uh, trampled upon by others for centuries? Do you feel for them? Does it make you restless? Does it make you sleepless? Does it take away all your peace in life? Then this is the only first step towards becoming a patriot. Do you have that feeling? The feeling is very important. We, we always think, I will give some perfect solutions through my thinking. I will have a model and I will give everything. 
may be very good model but who will implement it emotions is what makes people work it is that which makes the person keep going on the right it can also lead to problems if it is not guided by by a balanced buddhi the buddhi is also important buddhi means a sense of determining what is right and wrong and emotions are also important in fact beginning of many great things are through small little emotions many great projects began with that many great things in this world begin because people have felt very much emotional about something especially doing good to others i am not speaking of self pity that you become emotional only about yourself but for others even there also you can have some other thinking as a, as a as a let's say school boy or school girl you have been hurt by your teacher knowingly or unknowingly you become a teacher and you are very sensitive that when i speak something as it hurt me it may be hurting somebody there so you take care not to speak not to handle that's a positive way that emotions have worked out if emotions are not there the teacher just goes on hurting the child children there as you are good for nothing you can't do it they they use all kinds of abusive words because they have become insensitive they just say pay is there i'll just do some lesson and go away so emotions are very important but then emotions should be purified and that purification happens when we remove more and more ego out of it feel for others see the larger picture of life and accept life consists of both the experiences both the experiences praise and criticism there somebody has funnily said it if a person wants to all the time feel that he is very much wanted he should have a dog and now and then if he should feel that uh, he is too much wanted he should have a cat you know cat after eating will not even look at you they simply walk off so a cat and dog one will praise you make you feel oh i am very important at any point of time the dog will be wagging its tail and feel very happy my master is there but cats are not like that once you eat the uh, feed them they will go away so this cat and dog we must have imaginary cat and dog you can't have it in iit in your room and cat and dog but you can think of that so being emotional is good but at the same time we must not have too much of self pity <coughs> saying truth if it hurts others should we say it this is a very very subjective question saying truth why do you want to tell truth this also is important sometimes it's not that we know the truth and we want to tell we want to hurt other by telling truth that should not be there no no i know the truth i will tell it open see satyam bruyat priyam bruyat tell the truth but also have a feeling of whether it is doing going to do good to others and you should say it pleasantly suppose somebody is a holy mother sarada devi used to say if somebody's leg is uh, i mean he is a if you use a term called cripple he doesn't have leg one leg you don't say how did you become cripple you go and ask what happened to your leg be very kind in your use uh, the kind of words that you use because they may contain some very harmful feeling though you are telling truth but the truth must not hurt others as far as possible 
sometimes you have to tell truth which is little harsh at that time you have to prepare yourself as well as you have to prepare the person around you this is basically in terms of uh, uh, you know uh, interpersonal relationships that should be tell the truth to other person yes see trust and truthfulness at the basis of healthy relationships if you just go on hiding things from others if you don't uh, express yourself uh, rightly then you can't have lasting relationships any friendship any uh, thing which is lasting it has to have the basis of truthfulness so that there you should be sometimes yes take a little uh, <coughs> be little you not know, daring tell the truth as it is you find this swami ji is this quality of straight forwardness in his letters you find now and then he comes up no we i'm not going to uh, sweet coat my uh, truths i'm just going to tell it as it is they are planning to find this today also we read it sometimes you have to be very blank very clear but then you have to tell the truth but at the same time the truth not create a person make him very restless try to help him out make him prepared see this is what the truth is you will have to change you have to do this thing so telling truth that has all these aspects to be kept in mind sometimes people quote half truth for example hari smaranat papam by remembering hari you will get papam by last word is not telling hari smaranat papam kshiyate all papas go away but he is telling hari smaranat papam half truth so or what you said ashwatthamahata kikunjaraha you know that famous quote from the mahabharata so you must tell the truth if you are telling truth should bring uh, uh, a sense of uh, newness a sense of direction a sense of uh, well being it should not create problem for others i am confused sometimes whether to act is strength or to forbear against evil at all levels whether it is strength the answer to the above does it vary from person to person if so how does collective work happen what should a group or organization do then yes this is a very relative question simple thing is don't forbear that which is wrong simple if it is terribly evil don't forbear it point is if you say i am not going to forbear it i am going to fight against it please be ready for paying price for that that's all very simple what is price you have to put uh, your efforts for that you may have to let go certain things which you are enjoying now be ready for that if you are ready for that then this uh, this conflict of whether i should forbear it or not should be resolved if a person says i will not uh, now i i am there was one person you know who talked so many things about evils in politics all evil in uh, in our society you are talking all right but what are you doing you could produce a beautiful paper out of it what is the use of that paper it will be only piled up it will be just kept somewhere and uh, if it is a research paper somebody else will copy from it that's all what is it that you are going to gain from that talking is easy do something <coughs> when you are doing please be aware of the price that you have to pay for it price means 
there is a cost involved in doing whatever you want to do. You have to pay, you have to pay that cost. Suppose a person says, now I want to do, daily I want to do good to the society. Very good. But I can pay only this much cost, not full. Not 100% cost. Then that much activity only you do. Don't do more than that. Suppose a person says that I want to work for the poor. You should not expect that poverty will go away from this world forever. It can never happen. <coughs> there will be poverty because poverty also has got some relative meaning. One is basic things are not there, certain level of uh, uh, you are raised to a, your standard of living is raised. But after coming to a standard of living is raised, there another type of poverty starts. This poverty is, he is having a bigger car and I am having a shorter, small car. He is having uh, more number of clothes, I am having less number of clothes. So this will not end. But basic needs should be met. This kind of poverty removal should be always kept in mind. Now again, how much you can do? Can you remove poverty of uh, even one colony in India? Forget about the whole world. So word is not this much that you can help it out, quickly change it. Word is very big, much, much uh, vaster than what you perceive. So you must know how much you can do. You must know your area of uh, specialization. You must know how much time you can give. Now there are some people, for example, who say, <coughs> oh, many of these ideas in Hinduism need to be reached to people. Wonderful, you should be reached. But how will you reach? First of all, equip yourself. You read properly. You understand the word religions properly. Equip yourself intellectually. Then you can write something. The other day we received a beautiful book written by one Mr. Srinivasan based in US. Say Hinduism for Dummies. Name of the book is Hinduism for Dummies. This thick book. He has put in everything related to Hinduism there. Because it is written, he says for dummies, like computers for dummies and uh, uh, IT for dummies and this and that for dummies, like that. This is it. Do something which you can instead of only talking. And evil, you should try to understand the problem of evil is a very deep problem. It is, uh, it is also perceived differently. Some people whom they consider, <coughs> you, you consider all right, other people consider as evil. You may be think oh, coming to, uh, going to college is uh, a great thing, but the person who has no intelligence or very low in his intelligence, for him it's a great punishment to go to college. There was one worker in our mud, he a young fellow, very uh, well built. He said, how much you have studied? He said, class 10. You don't want to study further? You want to study, we'll help you. He said, don't ask me to study. That I, all that mathematics, all this I can't understand. For them it is so tough. So what is evil then? In one sense, you see, here one evil is there. So this is a constant effort. So what we consider as evil, somebody else may consider as quite all right. And then there are halfway evils also. It may be set right. What you consider as evil may be set right also. So, a problem of evil is something very deep. Now, your response, whether I should forbear or whether I should act against it, in some cases you have to forbear, in some cases you have to act against it. When it comes to acting against it, please find out how much you are willing to give your energy, your time, your uh, life for that. If you say, no, I will not do any of those things, I will live a very comfortable life and tell others to do it, it's not going to happen. 
if you want to do please do it but find out is it really that you are, you you have understood life you have understood how things change of course many things you will learn only by doing not by first cogitating and then doing something so we must uh, look at the whole thing from this angle what are these positive vibrations uh, during meditation positive vibration means you know speaking of mentioned during uh, meditation see vib- vibration does not mean something physical in terms of uh, uh, like physics or chemistry not that kind of uh, vibrations vibrations thought vibrations think of the fi- thought vibrations for example you go to a place where people have thought of holy thoughts for a long time you will find in that room and the place in that temple in that hall a different atmosphere it's not because somebody has written agarbatti there not because of that you'll find an elevating experience how does that come why do people go all the way to do pilgrimage to distant places in all religions why do they go because they find some vibrations thought vibrations feelings there so we try to visualize we try to invoke this when we are meditating we try to say that yes they are very much present here let me feel that there that feeling is what is spoken of when we say of uh, you know mentioned during the meditation how to develop the strength of sensory control first of all uh, feed your senses with the right healthy data these three monkeys you remember gandhi ji three monkeys so don't hear what is wrong don't see what is wrong or evil and don't speak what is wrong these three things don't hear and don't see in that three also these two further because we are constantly feeding our mind with all kinds of uh, unwanted things <coughs> why do we sh- why should we do that if we want to control ourselves we should su- see such images hear such sounds or songs or lectures which will evoke or arouse the divine in us not the animal in us very often it's the animal which is being aroused suppose you go and listen to something of that type what is the animal you see the anger is so much uh, <coughs> glorified in some place murder is glorified or lust is glorified or greed is glorified why should you see such things you should analyze you have that freedom not to see that this is the first step this is the first step towards controlling the senses don't feed negative this kind of uh, things in your mind which will arouse those things in you second try to train your senses in a systematic way example if you are uh, very much given to eating let's say you are very much uh, addicted to eating something addicted to pizza you want to have pizzas two pizzas a day you know it is not good to eat so you reduce it first of all strengthen your thinking reduce it don't immediately give it away if you give away then what they call is withdrawal symptom will happen the withdrawal symptom is to one week you will not eat and then after one week you will eat what you have not eaten during the one week so withdrawal symptom should not come so do it very systematically which means gradually this holds true of other things also slowly 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 there are some people who have got tremendous will power and they can say in one go i will not do it and they don't and they don't do it that's it 
there was this uh, person whom I met, he was 80 years old. He said at the age of 28, he used to smoke uh, several packets of cigarettes a, a day. A day. So, one day he decided that he will not smoke because he found that he did not have money for that. He could not afford for that. He, his income or salary is much less than what he can spend on salary, on smoking. He said, that was the last time I smoked. I said, wonderful. What a willpower you have because about smoking there are so many interesting statements. Mark Twain is supposed to have said, smoking, it's very easy. I have given it up so many times. So this is true of many other things. But not all have got that strong willpower. If you have the will, please do it. Further strengthen it. If you don't have it, follow this method of gradual withdrawal. And also, uh, please try to <coughs> read elevating literature along with uh, uh, your control of senses. And it's very important. Elevating literature or spending some time, 10 minutes or 15 minutes in meditation, in uh, repeating God's name, you'll find you'll develop inner strength. And it is like a game, you know, in, in cricket or in football, you sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you do self-goal. All that will happen. But ultimately, if as young people, if you begin this journey of self-control or controlling the senses now, you are very fortunate. And uh, please uh, remember, it doesn't come to all uh, this idea. If it has come to you, please cultivate it. You are on the right track. You are very much on the right track. Read the life of Swami Vivekananda. So much inspiration on how to control senses and how wonderfully a person can live uh, by controlling one's senses. How does a calm man do better work than an emotional man? A calm man means one who is not excited <coughs> by praise and blame. An emotional person perhaps you mean one who gets excited. Too much of excitement. Swamiji in Karma Yoga he says, people say that uh, uh, if we don't have passion we will not be able to work. But what I find is that one who does not have that kind of excitement, he is able to do more work. That's what Swamiji's statement is. A person who is too much passionate in the sense, is given to very strong likes and dislikes. He can work, no doubt. But that work will be accompanied by a lot of pain and a lot of quarrels because strong likes and dislikes are there. So I don't like somebody's nose, I don't like somebody's shoes, I don't somebody like his voice. So many things about people I don't like. Naturally there will be quarrels. Why don't you withstand others? They are like that. This is what they are. We accept them as they are and live. So emotions also means that you should not, uh, uh, when, when success comes or when the failure comes. When the success comes, don't take it to your head. And when the failure comes, don't take it to your heart. Generally, this is what happens. When success comes, it goes to head. We start walking in a special way, thinking the whole, whole world is observing us. As if we are walking some kind of a fashion show, everybody is observing us. And they should give something special, privilege to us. People, their tone changes the way they talk. Why? Because success has, had, has added the head. Which means, they think they are something special. Friend, you have become successful, great. Congratulations to you. But please remember, like you, many people have succeeded in this world. 
before you and after you also many will come and succeed you are not the last of the human population there are many more who are yet to come they may be even better than you and there were others who you do not know about they were also they also won some 10 or 15 gold medals fine they did not enter your head and failure comes failure comes in such a way that a person feels my life has come to an end life has not come to an end only failure has come you are still far far better off than millions how to face life go and see some of these poor people how they face life how in the midst of so much of uh, uh, poverty and deprivation they are able to face life not that all poor are able to face it they are poor who are not able to face even simple things in life somehow we must learn how to depend on a divine source within if this can be taught this can be learned then only we can face life so then only we can uh, you know the emotions will not come in our way of doing great works at the same time they will help us to do great works so emotion should be properly directed they must be freed from all these negative things and self centeredness and then these emotions become our great friends expectations are <coughs> making us weak from others and from me if i try to stop expecting i am becoming lazy as i am not concerned about results so how can i overcome this my simple suggestion would be please read swami vivekananda's karma yoga small book you will find swami ji begins by saying that human beings work with different motives some work for name some work for uh, gaining power some gain uh, for only for prosperity but the highest person is one who can work without any motive but what is that state which you are trying to refer that without expectation what is that state that i don't want any expectation i, I want to work and if i don't have expectation i become lazy it means you need to undergo some experience the person says i have got no expectation should be a sattvic person completely purified of all tamas and rajas it's not so in 99% cases it is not that you want sattva it is simple tamas so they both look alike you know tamas is a state of inertia and darkness rajas is activity and sattva is state of serenity these three things are there always within us some people think we have attained state of serenity if you have attained state of serenity and calmness nothing in this world will will disturb you nothing you would be able to withstand everything very calmly but we have rajas in us so sometimes we say oh it is very difficult to do something so i withdraw myself but that withdrawal is like that oh he is succeeding i am not succeeding so i withdraw don't do that rather go and fight in the battle go and suffer get some experience of success and failure of people praising you or people blaming you go and get that go and get into the whirlwind of action then a time will will come when we will think of something more something higher than that that is called the state of sattva so some people think sattva and uh, i have attained sattva and if somebody criticizes them these saints who consider themselves sattva they come down swamiji says in that work and its secret lecture we hold ourselves in great regard and some x person on the street criticizes us all our saintliness goes away we want to go, go and reply to him 
how dare you call me that how dare you speak that word against me a satvika person will be a very different type of person but just because there is satvika person that ideally is there <coughs> uh, i i should could uh, i try to develop that yes through activity right type of activity have good motives then you will discover higher and higher motives in life have good expectations go on refining your expectations go on seeing that these ex- expectations which i am having is it related to a deeper view of life a deeper view of life what is deeper view of life where you begin to see human beings we have all come into this world to get some experience this is deeper view of life this experience is basically meant to make us finally realize that we don't need any experience we don't need any experience then are we to become like stone that is tamas satwa and tamas they look alike extremes look alike you have to go beyond that i am not to become a stone i am not to become a wood i have to become something which is beyond this state of becoming wood and stone and too much of activity beyond that but this i will attain in most cases through activity through experience go and get name fame enjoyments in life we want them have it but remember they are not the goal of life if the goal is if that is a goal you should remain at that state always you have attained the goal but you don't remain you feel empty you feel it is getting lost it is going away so there is something more than that that you will discover only through experience so i would very much suggest that you please uh, read swami vivekananda's karma yoga that karma yoga little book of some 120 pages or 30 pages you find so much is packed up in that you may download that from the internet this karma yoga book it is there in the internet just read it very carefully you will find why we should work what we want in life swami ji takes us very systematically towards that it's a very deep lecture a set of eight lectures please go through that uh, i have mind setting of for spiritual practicing person too much talking is not good is it true <coughs> is it true can you tell why it is so it is said that too much talking is not good because uh, too much talking will make you restless it makes the mind restless and uh, why should you feel that on every occasion for everything you have to speak sometimes silence is also important it is that too much of activity of the lips also can it generate sense of restlessness and uh, in the viveka chudamani we find uh, adi shankara says yogasya prathamam dwaram vang nirodhiti uchyate the first step towards yoga is vang nirodha vang means vak nirodha vak nirodha means nirodha or control of vak of speech but one should not artificially try to control uh, speaking you feel like speaking speak don't try to artificially try to you know maintain silence reduce your number of words from 100 bring it down to 50 there was this person in uh, bangalore he used to keep uh, maun vrata for whole month i have seen him for three or four years whole month he will not speak you ask him any question he used to write and show 
but once in a week, month he will speak and on that day we cannot speak 10 hours 14 hours he will be speaking so many pending things will be there you see so let us not make that kind of fast you know uh, maunavrata you begin with in some situation you had to speak but you decided not to speak yes it was a good decision sometimes you have to speak that is also very important if you don't speak then it may do harm so you reduce your uh, explanations no if you are a teacher if you have to explain things please speak very well to the teachers if you are taking a class but when it comes to your day to day conversations reduce it otherwise it is said na oh mr john he not only uh, explains what he speaks he also explains what he explains you should not explain what you explain so reduce it because too much of speaking there is a tendency of mind becoming restless this zen buddhist story there are three monks this they, they decide to take a they take a vow to not speak so they go to a hill and they start meditating after three years first monk says it's very cold here after two three years the second monk says yes you are right after 2 3 years the third monk says if you speak so much i will go away from here <laughs> that's an extreme form of silence but then it it says it very beautifully in 10 years three sentences and he finds it you are speaking too much <clears throat> i lied uh with with my professor i'm really sad about that how do i overcome this feeling or how do i become normal can you go and tell him that uh, i lied if you cannot maybe you can tell a can send a an email please try that because that will give you a sense of relief but put it across if you have the courage if you have the courage go and say it that i i lied and it it, it is troubling me there is another way we say no no i'll keep quiet but then you will be suffering inside so think of it if you can have the courage if you are not having the courage go to the temple and pray for that one of our monks swami yatishwaran ji used to do that whenever any problem would come he would simply go to the shrine and sit down and meditate for half an hour will come with some solution maybe you will also find a solution this is one solution or maybe you postpone revealing the truth for some time but do tell it say that i was not honest with you or i was having this fear that's why i told give a reason why you told a lie because there must be some reason you cannot uh, do anything without a reason bhojanam manudishya mando pina pravartate without a priyojanam even the most dullest of the human beings do not act so there must be some priyojanam you wanted things to be in a particular way but uh, maybe you did not have time to do that and you did it in a hurry bari way and uh, then now you have to tell uh, a lie to cover that up so must be some reason so if you can go and uh, say it it will be very nice if you cannot just wait pray may you be given the strength 
may we showed a way out it is always good to somehow clean up the mind always you know otherwise there will be a restless thing going on within them there are some people who are so insensitive they do any number of wrong things they don't feel that they have done anything wrong that should not be they are so insensitive they don't know their own motives so that kind of uh, state is really bad that a person has got he does all wrong things but he doesn't feel that it means he is progressing towards more and more evil things because his sensitivity is coming down so sensitivity is very important you know when a person tells lie for the first time he is mortally afraid i might be discovered but when he is not discovered he gets emboldened ah doesn't matter i was not discovered second time also all right third time fourth then it may become a habit for him you know in a there's a book where uh, it is said book of insults in that many such things are given so there is a when does mr john tell a lie whenever the lips move the answer comes whenever the lips move it means uh, he has lost all sensitivity so if you are very sensitive it's appreciated when you had the courage to ask the question i further uh, congratulate you for that but uh, please think over it if you can set it right it could nice please keep up your sensitivity the people who don't have that sensitivity they they are very you know uh, stone like you have that please develop it further may you become strong that next time you don't have to tell a lie at all you don't have to even feel bad for telling a lie because you don't tell a lie but you need strength for doing that swami said we do all things wrong all evils happen because of weakness so there's some weakness somewhere maybe you didn't want to accept that i was not uh, i did not work hard you didn't want to accept that i wasted my time or you want that this should be done within a time period i cannot further extend it so i told a lie please find out the reason be honest to yourself and say today or tomorrow please find out when <clears throat> how can we identify that he or she is strong secondly sometimes i could not avoid to tell the lies before my guide lot of such things how can i avoid this i believe that it is common for uh, such students for for the research scholars <laughs> it's a form of it's a form of weakness it's a form of weakness you see we can perhaps uh, postpone it for some days but uh, a time comes when it will be it will reveal itself it will reveal may not be in terms of always expressing it to the guide or the teacher or anybody whom who should have been told the truth but in our work perhaps you become a an engineer who was responsible for making a bridge which collapses on the second day of its opening why because you have not learned your lessons you become responsible for something tragic because you have not lived up to that point i don't know if that that should happen it should not happen to anyone but it needs strength needs strength let us be strong it means that we'll have to restructure our king restructure our life restructure many things but let us be strong it is a strength which gives all the excellence in life 
is the strength that gives excellence. Why is it that someone I was meet, I one medical student I was talking to, who is a, a who is into kind of research, he said most of the journals in India where medical results are published are not accepted internationally. Most of them. Whereas there are countries with very small population, if something is published in their journal, it is accepted internationally. Why? He said one reason is because many of the research things published in our country are cooked up, based on cooked up data, which means lies. So in the long run, what Swamiji says, unselfishness is more pain, but people don't have patience to practice it. Unselfishness is more pain. Being truthful is a kind of unselfishness. That you put it across rightly. So if you are not practicing, then your excellence level comes down. People don't trust you. In the long run, people, they discover you. Suppose you are truthful, you will be discovered. Suppose you are not truthful, that also will be discovered. <coughs> you can't hide it. This is the one fact of life. If you are good, it will be discovered. If you are not good, you will be discovered. You can't hold it, covered it up for long for to people. No, you cannot do that. This is the nature of life. Truth alone triumphs. Truth of truth or truth of untruth. Either of that. Truth of truth or truth of untruth. Both will be, they alone will will. It will come out. So, I don't know how I should say about this question, but uh, let us be strong. He says, how to identify that we, uh, whether a man is or a hum, human being is strong. One is that uh, strength, one expression of strength is when problems come, we face it in a strong way. We don't run away, we don't become depressed. I remember once going in a train, a gentleman received a phone call. He was sitting across me and then obviously that person had some failure, some disappointing experience. And this man was giving a wonderful advice. He said, look, don't become depressed because depression is not the solution to your failure. Have you thought over it? Depression is not the solution to failure. You don't solve the, solve the failure, you don't set the failure right by becoming depressed. It doesn't help anybody. Don't become depressed. Okay, it happened. Now what next I should do? Find out that. So, this is one way. Another way the person is strong is give him power. See how much good he remains. Give him power. This is one test. You want to test a person one way is give him lot of administrative power or power in whichever way you think, a political power. If he still holds on to higher values then he is strong. Otherwise power corrupts. We know this. All of you here at one point of time would be holding some uh, position of power. When that position of power comes, if you don't have values, power will overcome you and will make you abuse your own power. And that will in long term come back to you. It's like a cycle. You see the what happened in Ukraine with the famous uh, incident that the person who was ruling, you simply thrown out and they go and find that he is having within his house, a countryside house, a huge bungalow, 
with gold plated uh, uh, things to eat on and uh, a private zoo and a, a big swimming pool and xyz all the things what happened to it all because he was trying to live a life of power and affluence and in the long run it will come back to him, that he will be thrown out of it. because they think these things are eternal these things are not eternal so strength comes when you are able to face life you are able to handle power everybody will be given power in this world sooner i see right now suppose an ant is going here i have the power to kill it or not to kill it you all have power same thing at a different scale you are made let's say you become a very big uh, uh, company's director you have got uh, many powers within you to harm somebody or to help somebody in different ways we have to exercise this power always one who does good to others is more powerful than one who harms others is more powerful his character strength is more the other person is actually under his passion under his desire under his desire to harm others It means there is some weakness is there the last question i don't know whether it's personal do you get an impulse of anger sometimes if so how long does it last is it wrong if we get these impulses sometimes but later become calm by analysis do you get angry i think we should get angry once in a while to get the work done i won't call that i would become angry but sometimes you have to you know have a show of irritation show of irritation to let the things happen properly but then it's a very difficult game because if you say that it's a show sometimes it no longer remains show you become part of the show you don't know how to come out of it but in any case your second question that how long does it last it should last as much as you know the writing on water lasts how does the how long does it last you know one of the characteristic of a person who is grown spiritually that anger hatred greed jealousy do not come and find an accommodation in his mind they come and they go away they don't find an accommodation there they don't find a very favorable condition to stay on there they go away so let us all try to uh, strive for that and is it wrong if we get uh, this impulses sometimes but afterwards become calm as far as possible don't expect that these things should come to you don't become angry there is a small incident i'll just uh, tell that and close that you know i am in the midst of uh, doing a small editing work for a large book <coughs> one of our great monks Swami Yatishwaranand Ji. He passed away in 1966. So there are many disciples of his still there. Many of them very advanced in age. They have written about him. Generally, we don't publish books about our monks, but he was an exception. So we are doing that. There is one incident when when he was in uh, one place in uh, Maharashtra. He had gone on a visit in one of our ashrams. So there was uh, a session where he was sitting, and devotees were coming and offering their regards to him. And there was a rich man 
who had brought a big uh, garland and it was a very fragrant garland and whole hall had been as if uh, suffused with fragrance and one of the swamiji's said to swami yatishwaranji that you'd like to he wants to put that garland to you he did not reply then he came second time and again said uh, he wants to put garland to you he said no after a while again he came around nine times he came and said and not even once swami tishwanji lose his temper and ultimately he did not accept that garland matter got over there that's all do you see what a beautiful example of self control it is if you are asked same question three times you might uh, run into a what they call rage did i not tell you first time but here nine times it is done it is said of the same thing of i think tukaram that there was one person who was engaged to harm him in the sense irritate him because he was causing a, a problem for those who are having some kind of wickedness in their mind in the village so they were feeling jealous of tukaram the great tukaram and he went for taking uh, bath and he came back this man was sitting there what he did he spat on him tukaram went and took bath he came back again he spat on him it's around 25 30 times he spat on him and 30 35 he took bath and came then this man who was spitting he could no longer hold it he he understood that this man must have tremendous perseverance and great sense of inner calmness and forgiveness and self control he went and fell at his feet said sir please forgive me that i did all this to you so and so had paid money to me to do all this he said why should i feel angry with you i am thankful that you made me take bath 25 times in this holy river look at these examples that is why mahatma gandhi in one place he says if you want to realize truths read the lives of these great men men who have realized truths that and deep thinking over that will give you lot of inspiration it's very important to think like that with that we close now yes 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 right that's a good beginning no? you are able to at least now uh, have some kind of uh, understanding of the thoughts so when thoughts come actually they say thoughts all come from the ego ultimately all thoughts come from the ego because who is bringing thoughts ego is bringing thoughts ego is a sense of uh, smallness identity it is not atman it is different so if you understand these thoughts are coming because of my self identity from there until that self identity is there thoughts will not come say i consider myself as a student so these thoughts should come to me uh, related to that my studies my future my past or i think of how uh, i am to fare in a particular exam or suppose i think myself as a businessman so from there thoughts come so this self identity brings thoughts when thoughts come try to take a position within that i am different from the thoughts 
Now, what is that position within? See, we have heard from scriptures, from saints that we, there is essentially each man is potentially divine or Atman within. It's just an inspiring statement, but it doesn't make much meaning to us. So what we do, we visualize, visualization plays an important role in that. We visualize that we are that Atman which is being spoken of through these uh, uh, saints or these great sages. We are that, which is very much different from all the impulses that come from the mind or from the outside world. I am different from that. So, as we go on practicing this, uh, it helps us to make a distinction. One thing very important in practice of meditation is purity of mind. So, as a result of meditation, what do we want? Suppose I meditate, what do I want as a result of meditation? Oh, I want some little peace, then fine, all right. But if you are uh, uh, going deeper and say, Oh, because of my meditation, now I am going to gain some power, or I am going to become, I must become more attractive, or more intelligent, don't have all those expectations. Meditation is basically meant to purify the mind, calm the mind. More calm, more purified it becomes, more we begin to see our inner reality. That we are not sinners, we are not bad, we are not having this and that, uh, what they call in Sanskrit as Upadhi. You know what is Upadhi? Upadhi means, suppose this is a piece of glass and I put my finger there, from there you see as the finger is part of the glass. But actually finger is not part of the glass. Likewise, they say body and mind is not my essential self, but it is sitting next to me as if, and I think I am body and mind. So when I realize this complete disidentification with this, then I discover that my real self and that is full of joy, full of peace. That is the nature of the self. It is not that uh, you get peace from that. It is peace itself. It is not you get joy from or knowledge from that. It is knowledge itself, prajna. It is called prajna. It is knowledge itself. It is consciousness itself. Their words fail to explain that. That is the highest state. To begin with, we must always emphasize on purity of intentions, purity of our uh, meaning of what we want inside. That's very important. So with that we close. We meet the next Sunday, 27th. Yes, yeah. Sade Sarvadukhanam Hani Rasyo Pajayate Prasanna Chetasu Hyashu Parevatishtate The Gita it says Prasada represents peace So let's have peace